Welcome to Cats and Charts. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Susie. Each week we explore an academic paper as if we were chatting to our mums. Hi mum! Ciao mama. Just as importantly we give updates on our furry friends Calvin and Agnes. Okay, you ready? My best friend's my cat. My cat's my best friend. So, Rebecca, what are we talking about today? Um, today, we are going to attempt to talk about some mathematics um, in with a paper called Projectile Trajectory of Penguin Feces and Rectal Pressure Revisited. This paper is by um, Tajima and Fujisawa, um, who are mathematicians uh, at the University of Kochi in Japan. I would like to... Why, open- why is it revisited? Well, exactly. So they did a paper, I think, like, I think it was in 2007, um, where they looked at the rectal pressure um, required for a penguin to poop because penguins poop really far. And um, the idea being that they must have like a, a, a really strong butthole to get that poop away. And so they had done the maths on how much pressure must be generated. It also, all I could think of, one of my favourite jokes from the Vicar of Dibley, you know, at the Christmas episode uh, with Richard Armitage, um, when she's getting married and she's looking through all the magazines mm-hmm. um, and she picks out one called Bride's Hair and then she picks out another one called Bride's Hair Revisited as a pun on the book, Bride's Hair Revisited. And honestly, it's one of my favourite throwaway jokes just ever. And that's all I can think of because this is Penguin Poop Revisited. Um, yes. That's a good connection. I like it. Thank you. It's uh, it, it's been a long week, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Agnes has come to say hello. Cool. So, what 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 problem are they trying to address? They're trying to calculate the maximum flying distance of poop from high ground. And so by high ground, what they're talking about is when penguins are kept in um, an enclosure, for example, an aquarium or a zoo, poop substantial distances, and sometimes it can get on um, zookeepers, which the, the paper described as sometimes embarrasses zookeepers. The flying distance of poop uh, can reach 0.4 meters, which is about the same height as a Humboldt penguin. And the paper points out that that would be like you and I pooping 1.7 meter distance. So like I was saying, the previous paper had estimated the rectal pressures, and this one wanted to estimate how far exactly was the maximum distance um, if all conditions were in favour of the poop, basically. What is the Humboldt penguin? So they are medium-sized penguins. Um, Wikipedia was at pains to tell me that they were black and white. Um, (laughs) Never know. (laughs) They are found in the Pinguino de Humboldt, Uh, National Reserve in Chile, um, and they're also found uh, on the Peruvian coast. I then started looking into who uh, Mr. Humboldt was. So he was uh, a man who lived in the late 1700s and early 1800s. And then a few fun facts about him. So he was he was an adventurer, he was a traveller, like all nice white men of his uh, era, he liked pointing at stuff and naming it after himself. So there's a Humboldt squid, there's a Humboldt hummingbird, etc. So he 
actually resurrected the use of the word cosmos from the ancient Greek. Um, and so when he wrote his uh, multi-volume set of books, uh, he called it cosmos. And that is where he sought to unify the diverse branches of scientific knowledge and culture. And this was from uh, what's thought of as a holistic perception of the universe as one interacting entity. So um, he was trying to just align all the different branches of all the things he knew into one into one treaty. Um, and he called it cosmos. Um, he was also the first person to describe the phenomenon and cause of human-induced climate change in 1800, based on observations generated during his travels. And uh, he is thought to be uh, a member of the LGBTQI plus community, though historians and scholars debate this. So he can sometimes be described by some scholars as asexual, a man who did not marry, as if the, those two things go together. Um, <laughs> Whereas, in fact, he had the same valet for the, like the, basically the last 30 years of his life. Um, and then he left all of his worldly possessions. Like he was a very rich man and, and he left all of his worldly possessions to his valet. Aww. And so it is thought that maybe they were more than just friends. So what they first of all did is uh, the mathematicians used Newton's equation of motion, started by trying to think of that as... The sort of the, the underlying basis um, for the poo coming <laughs> coming at you. So Newton's equation of motion um, is force is equal to mass times acceleration. And we know that if things are going straight down, then it's gravity. Um, and if things are going at a curve, it's more complex maths, um, but still uh, doable. The next thing that they did is they looked at air resistance. This uses something called the drag equation and I was trying to think of as many jokes as I possibly could about RuPaul but it was all really low-hanging fruit so I'm just going to leave it there and you can make up your own and insert it at will. So this tells us that drag, so the drag of air, um, is equal to the drag coefficient which can again be calculated times one and a half air density air density changes depending on sort of where you are in relation to the earth times the velocity which is squared and then times a reference area on which is sort of the, the area of, of what's what's going through the air and this was all maths that i totally remembered from a decade ago i definitely didn't need to look any of it up and it was all right there right there amazing no not one word i know the nasa website was helpful it was like physics for idiots once they had looked at these two equations you then start doing more complex things because obviously what's coming out is feces. It's not, it's not a ball. Um, so uh, a penguin has what's called a cloaca. So a cloaca is um, where you pee and poo basically from the same point. So that gives you a viscous stool. Um, sorry, Agnes just has a lot to say today. And so when you're thinking about how an, a liquid or uh, like a quite a thick viscous but liquid nonetheless uh, thing is coming through the air. You need to use some other theorems. So they looked at Bernoulli's theorem. Daniel Bernoulli was a Swiss statistician um, who uh, did various statistics and equations through, throughout the 1700s. His theorem states that um, the increase in the speed of a fluid occurs um, simultaneously with a decrease in its static pressure. Um, and this conserves energy um, under ideal con conditions um, and it conserves energy within an isolated system. Other things that he did include he wrote a mathematical analysis to influence public health policy by encouraging the universal inoculation against smallpox. Whoa. Um, I know. What a man. So um, if we divert over to smallpox, so smallpox was found that you could 
if you had cowpox, you were much less likely to die from smallpox. Um, and this was the first time that we had an idea of vaccination. So vaccination, vac, um, comes from the Latin word or Greek word for cow. Um, I think it's Latin, vacus. Yeah, sounds like Latin. Sure, why not? Let's, let, let's make it so. But yeah, that's where we get the word vaccination. Vaccination actually means cow. So Edward Jenner noticed that milkmaids had much better outcomes from smallpox. Hypothesized that if he gave himself um, cowpox, um, that he would have a, a less worse reaction to smallpox. Um, and he was right. And so people started using various uh, ways of getting cowpox into themselves um, in order to protect themselves from smallpox, which is a, you know, it's a very lethal disease. Um, and Daniel Bonoli wrote some incredible statistics on it, um, which I think given our current climate was incredibly relevant. Um, how interesting is that? We were having the same argument in 1760. I like how you linked this paper on penguin to LGBTQ rights and, and the vaccination program. Yeah. Continue, please. Thank you. I worked really hard on making this not mathematical. So Bernoulli's, that's Bernoulli's theorem, but the actual equation that's used within this paper is Bernoulli's equation, but that was made by his friend Leonard Euler. Um, Leonard Euler was an absolute corker of a human being. He's like one of the most famous mathematicians that no one's ever heard of, and by no one I mean me. Um, I'm sure actual mathematicians have heard of him because, you know, when you... Uh, do any kind of maths, um, uh, slightly complex maths, and you use the natural logarithm, the E. The E stands for Euler. What? Euler, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so there's a guy called Leonard Euler, um, and he did lots of beautiful mathematical things. And um, so he came up with lots of like very beautiful, very simple mathematical theorems that really do hold up 300 years later. You know, he was obviously like a wizard in his own brain, right? Um, and so he did the natural logarithm. He also popularized, though did not invent, using uh, the Greek symbol for pi um, mm. as the, you know, three point one four or yeah. blah. Um, uh, when you're working out um, circumference of a, a circle, um, so it's all of these like really beautiful, sim simple but elegant mathematical things. His brain just. It just did them. Anyways, he was good friends with Bernoulli um, and uh, he made a mathematical model out of Bernoulli's theorem. Were they friends? Yeah, they were, which is really nice, right? So um, you've got Bernoulli's theorem, um, uh, which is conserving energy. And then the other thing that this paper looked at was the Hagen-Poissouli uh, equation, um, which is a physical law that gives um, the pressure drop um, to a fluid that's going through a long cylindrical pipe. And so you would use Bernoulli's theorem and the Hagen-Persuli equation um, together um, when you're thinking about the mechanics of um, a, a liquid going through, going through air. So basically they put these theorems together uh, and, and used it as a, uh, use these proofs as a way of thinking about this poop that is coming out of the penguin. Because remember, we've got to bring it always back to the penguin. You've got to make this maths real. They plugged in numbers that they were already aware of. So an estimation of the pressure, um, an understanding of what the air, what the drag coefficient of air would be, um, the, the distance 
and the height um, that, that the poo would be expelled from, from all of that, they calculated that the upper maximum flying distance, if everything was in the penguin's favour, that it could get 1.34 metres away from the penguin, which is huge. One point what? 1.34 metres. What? With an but initial... But they're only 0.4 metre high. Exactly. Um, and that's from, uh, that's from if they're at a higher place, um, so about mm. two metres up. So they then looked at the maths that they had done and realised that in the presence of the air resistance, um, that they could show that the, the time and the flying distance of the penguin species could be expressed in something called a Lambert W function, um, which, has, which is a function that has many applications in pure and applied mathematics, and basically gives a very beautiful graph um, of like a curve. And I'm sorry, then I went and looked it up Lambert because this isn't a mathematical <laughs> lesson, this is a history lesson. Um, <laughs> and Lambert knew Euler, um, so all these guys are just like kicking around. Is that not great? Yeah. Um, and they were all polymaths, right? So they all thought, they didn't just think about their one speciality. They thought about everything all of the time. They're always thinking and always talking about lots of different stuff. Uh, so Lambert, uh, another thing that he did amongst many others is that he hypothesized that stars near the sun were part of a group which then traveled together through the Milky Way. And that there were many such groupings or star systems throughout the galaxy. Mm. So he was the first one to think about that, or the first one to write it down and be credited with it. Uh, I just want to read aloud from the conclusion of this paper because it was just beautiful. In the end of this section, to realise how strong the estimated penguin's rectal pressure is, let us demonstrate how far a liquid-like object blasted off from a human being with severe stomachache flies if his uh, rectal pressure is as strong as a penguin's one. Here we assume that this liquid behaves like a nearly perfect fluid and its density is the same as water, for simplicity. That's a bad stomachache. Mm. They then did some maths. If the liquid is horizontally launched from the hip, and then they estimated your average hip size, um, they estimate that it would go 3.13 meters, great, greatly to the excess of a typical height of a human being, as we mentioned in the introduction. He, she should not use usual restrooms. Although we assume an ideal situation to obtain the numerical value, one can easily understand the incredible power of a penguin's rectum in this way. Oh, such a cute paper. <laughs> such a cute paper. All these for the benefits of the zookeepers. To save embarrassment. I also love the mathematicians were all hanging together. Clearly not so many people to talk to. <laughs> um, what was the thing that you loved the most when you were researching this paper? Because obviously it was like lots of equations and maths. I personally enjoyed the picture of the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on our Instagram post because it's a really good yeah, infographic of the maths that they were doing, but with a picture of a penguin. I really enjoyed, uh, actually, I really enjoyed just learning about a bit of history. I was quite intimidated by the maths. Um, I haven't done maths at any level, really, in about a decade. Um, and so some of it's still there, but lots of it isn't. Um, but actually, it was such an enjoyable paper to go through um, and then sit, you know, with Wikipedia or the Encyclopedia Britannica and just think about who are these people and how did they come up with these amazing theories that we just totally take for granted? These guys, they didn't, they are not the ones that got the Nobel Prize, right? There was someone else that did another similar study on penguins and they got the Nobel Prize. But I think so. But these yeah. guys didn't. Okay, fine. 
oh well, I'm sure I'm sure they get some sort of prize for you know making zookeepers' life easier. You know, knowing if a penguin is on a really high spot and it's about to poop, take cover. Yeah, because it will get out your measuring stick. Yeah, (laughs) measure 1.34 meters and stand at 1.35. You'll be fine. Yes, I mean that's a key learning lesson from this paper. (laughs) Any zoo that you visit, if a penguin is standing a bit higher than you, really close, don't run for your life. It's like running away from pigeons, you know. I guess it would be, I guess it's probably really complicated and requires maths that I have no idea of if they were to calculate the poop, depending on the different consistency of what the penguin might have eaten. But I'm sure that will be the third paper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they'll probably do something like if the penguin eats a lot of shrimp, then the poop will go this way. <laughs> <laughs> How much oily fish have you eaten today, Mr. Humboldt? But um, thank you so much for going through this paper and all the maths. It was really good. How's Calvin this week? Um, He's okay. Although um, on his other misfortunes uh, or misadventure, he he started eating really quickly. Okay. Like too quickly. And when he eats really quickly, he then vomits. Sure. Um, Thank you, Calvin. So this happened twice. (laughs) Uh, Once I was like... (laughs) I was trying the new yoga mat that you got me and I was like super excited of setting in my mind for yoga and then after two seconds I just hear Calvin vomiting next to me and I'm like at least he wasn't on the yoga mat um anyway so now to address the issue of Calvin eating too quickly <laughs> I, I first tried putting you know, in a bowl like putting some of his wet food mm-hmm. and then to the other side of the kitchen I was started putting some more wet food but that was a terrible idea because Calvin heard me put some more wet food so he stopped eating what he was eating and like <laughs> run to me and then I like I just, I just made the cat run and I think that made him even sicker so now so now I have two bowls next to each other and oh. I just put some food in one and some food in the other one so he just doesn't flip in between the two Oh. And so far that has worked. He hasn't vomited again. So oh. yeah, dividing food is helping, but not from different side of the kitchen because that was a silly idea. Oh, poor baby. Uh, silly cat. Silly cat. How is it, Agnes? She is very well, thank you. She's got lots to say. Um, this week, um, I was having a small nap, um, as I do in my... I want to blame my shifts on this, but maybe I just like napping. Um, and I woke up and found that she had like little spooned me, which was cute, <laughs> but that her face was right in my face. And I and I think she'd been there a while. So she, I'm sleeping, like snoring away, whatever. And then I think I've just got this cat who just loves me so much. Just, right just wants my... to breathe your same air, like yeah. literally. <laughs> I think she's trying to suck my soul. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's your demon after all, so fair enough. Oh, bless Agnes. She's like so attached to you, literally. <laughs> um, for podcast listeners, uh, Agnes is currently stood in front of the camera on this Zoom call, um, just really getting involved, really, really showing her dominance within the conversation. <laughs> Yes, yes, Agnes, we agree. Well said. So like and like and subscribe to us to, on Instagram um, and on Spotify or wherever you get this podcast. Um, and we'll see you again. Same cat time, same cat. So it's it's not same bat time and it's same bat channel. So I've I've been missed. Channel, it wasn't the place. 
I've been misquoting a badly remembered quote um, and I'd like to apologize uh, quite considerably, but essentially join us again here on Cats and Charts, same cat time, same cat place. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's fine. Channel. Nobody uses channels anymore anyway. Exactly. (laughs) Modernizing the quote. It's great. (laughs) Woo. Thank you.